just came out of a song that said, we're, we're waiting here for you. Today as we start prayer and tomorrow we start 21 days of prayer and fasting, we can look at this as something just we do or even tradition that we've done in our church for many years or we actually realize there's something deeply spiritual as God desires to speak to us in this time. What would happen if we just all opened our hearts right now? Maybe you even came to church today and you didn't realize this was starting. It doesn't matter. We can lean in right now. Can I just ask every person on every campus, Rocky Butte, 217 online, can I just ask you to stretch out your hands? If you're new to our church, it just simply means that we're surrendering to God and we're reaching out for God. Just bow your head for a moment and just think about the, the goodness of God in your life. The very fact that he loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. It's, there's nothing you have to do to earn that love. We just simply come back this morning and rest in that love. And Father, today I come and I pray what Paul prayed. That God, we're asking you to give us a spirit of revelation and wisdom. Father, that we might know you better. We're asking, Lord, that you would, we're praying that you would open the eyes of our heart. God, to the amazing hope that you've given us. The, rich of the richness of the life you've called us to and actually the great power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And Jesus, any area where our eyes are, are cloudy and don't see you, we ask you to open them. Anywhere our ears are, are distracted or closed or we're just missing you, Holy Spirit, we're asking you to open our ears today and most of all, our heart would be open and ready to receive, God, not just in a moment today, God, not even in 21 days, that you take us deeper in you to know you more, to know your love more. God, here we are. We give you this first Sunday of the year and say, Lord, it's all yours. In Jesus' name. If you love Jesus and are thankful, just shout amen. amen. Come on. Amen and amen. Did you find your seats this morning? I just want to uh, just say good morning to our campuses that are, are together this morning, always online and, and Rocky Butte campus and also our 217 campus. You know what's amazing to me? We're one church in all these different locations connected by this thing called technology. But we are one church, one family, and we have one heart. Would you just put your hands together? Not a little golf clap, all campuses. Come on, tell each other this morning. It's really good to be together. It's, uh, it's the first Sunday of the year. And there's something about a new year that feels like you get to push the reset button. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Um, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm kind of glad 2018 is over. It was one of the more challenging years I've had in a season, and maybe that wasn't your year, but I've heard from a lot of people, it's kind of nice to say, come on, just everybody say bye-bye 2018. It's a new year. How many are thankful God gives us a new year? He gives us a new day where his mercies are new every morning. He, he puts new seasons in, and there is a place of a new year that's kind of like pressing the reset button. But you know, for a long time, our church has also started the first of the year with something called prayer and fasting. How many like prayer? How many like fasting? Yeah, nobody really raises their hand on that one. You know, but, but I think we, we start the year 
for so many years, not out of tradition or religion. We do it because it's kind of like pressing the button on my GPS. <laughs> uh, you know, there, I was at, uh, skiing up with some friends and my family this last Saturday, or last, uh, well, last, last week, and, uh, <laughs> and we, we got down at the bottom of Timberline, and there, was, there should have been only about a seven to ten minute drive through, through government camp, and that drive, I think, took us about an hour and a half to go a mile or two. And I'm not a real patient guy. I'm talking with my buddy on the phone. We're trying to figure out what's going around and what's happening. And so I, I've got these four little buttons on my GPS that I can press the forward button. And instead of the GPS showing me right where I'm at, it takes me forward or I can go to the left or the right. And so I start tapping that button because I'm trying to figure out how far is the traffic, what's happening. It doesn't tell me if there's an accident, but I'm hoping to deduce how long this line is going to be because it's a one-way in and a one-way out. Well, before you knew it, I'd press too many buttons, and all I got on my GPS is the forest. I'm totally lost. <laughs> but here's what I like about my GPS. There's a little button that when I press, it refocuses everything and brings me right back to where I'm at. Come on now. And right in that moment, when I press that little button, it tells me what road I need to take, where I'm going, and I can at least see enough in the distance to know I'm on the right path. And I think that's a lot of what about prayer and fasting is doing. My prayer for you in these next 21 days is that it would be about reminding us that we have a God who is our Father, not just the creator of the universe, but the creator of the whole universe, who loves you, who cares about you. And by the way, he created you in his own image, and he values you. And there's some people right now that just need to remember that as we press the refocus button, because last year, you wondered sometimes where God was at. But it's also a season to remember that we have the greatest gift in Jesus Christ. We've talked about it already this morning. Everything we need is in, in, in Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, the power of the blood of Christ to forgive us from our sins. And the challenge is, is that too often I find in my life as I begin to live in self-dependency instead of dependency on Jesus. And this whole 21 days is learning to love God unabandonedly, to refocus ourselves on his love, but also to remind ourselves that in Christ, everything we need is there. But, you know, life comes at us. I guarantee 2018, if it was a difficult year for you, it wasn't just because you had a bad day. There's all kinds of things around us that we can't control. Maybe if I were to say it this way, there's things in our external world around us. I'm, I'm, anybody tired of politics? Anybody tired of, of just the violence that's out there? The, I mean, can't we, can't we just find that we can love somebody else, whether they are a believer or not, because they were created in God's image too, that we could somehow find common ground to live life together? Nation versus nation, people groups versus people groups. Maybe it's at your work. Maybe it's family challenges last year. Maybe it's not something external. Maybe it's something that's going on inside of your life. Maybe it's the very heart of who you are. Maybe there's things last year that you thought were going to change or be different, and you find you're still in the same exact place you were. There's some things I've found in my life I can't break through on my own. But I'm here to declare today that God is a breakthrough God. And he's a God who comes to actually drop a word in our heart today, I believe, to remind us as we go back to an almost an obscure scripture to remember who he is and what Jesus does in our life. And I want you to turn to Micah, the book of Micah. Many of you have never read in the book of Micah. 
You don't even know where to find it. You might have to turn to your uh, index, which is great. But if you'll turn to Micah chapter 2. That's what's beautiful. If you've got a, a, phone on your, on, uh, a Bible on your phone, it's easier to find. But it's towards the end of the Old Testament. Chapter 2, verse 13. And Micah was a prophet. And he was a prophet to the nation of Israel and to Judah for about 45 years. And his job by God was to, to come and warn the nation of the enemies that were in their world. He, he actually lived a long enough life that he saw some good kings, but he also saw some really bad kings. He watched the nation repent and turn their heart towards God, and he saw them totally walk away from God. And in the middle of all this, what he's really bringing them about to, is looking at the enemies externally and internally. Because the nation of Israel, they had an enemy called the Assyrians in that season of, of, of the history. And the Assyrians were, they were brutal. They were a people without mercy. And when they took over a city, they would destroy it. And they would take all the people slaves if they didn't kill or destroy everything. But the reality is, as dangerous as the Assyrians were, they were nothing for God. I can imagine if they just began to look back how God took care of the Egyptians when they came out of, out of the land of Egypt. Or what he did when, he, when he, they took them to the Jericho wall and how God tore down that wall and they had victory over their enemies. Or as Pastor Ken talked last week about Nehemiah and the wall. Those enemies were nothing to God, but their real and true enemy was actually within themselves. What brought down the downfall of their nation was not the Assyrians. It was actually the sin and the life that they began to lead within their city. Uh, there was a king named, there was a king who was wicked. And actually, he took the very, the very temple, the very place where God had said, I want my presence to dwell there. When you need me, you come there and you'll find me. And it was a place where he even set up the priesthood to remind them of his great grace and mercy. And even as they would come, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, the Ark of the Covenant, where his presence would reside... That king began to shut the doors of the temple and began to worship other gods in that place. Before you know it, the whole nation was following him. And listen, it sounds a lot like our day today. There was a land full of immorality, injustice, debauchery. That king ultimately began to lead his nation into human sacrifice, which we fortunately don't have in our culture here in America. But they began to drift from God. And God was going to bring a word through Micah that would said, yes. You're going to go into a time and a season where I'm going to deal with you, but I want you to know when you're in another city, when you're being held captive by somebody else, I will be the one who will free you. And I want to read this scripture to you, and I want you to not think about it as a scripture and a prophetic word for some people thousands of years ago. This is a word for you and I in our season, in our culture, in our nation, that we have a God who is able. Can I hear an amen? amen. And Micah says, the one, everybody shout the one. one. Come on, say it like you mean it. The one. one. The one who can break through barriers. It's going to lead them out. It doesn't matter what limitations are there. The barriers that are in our life from freedom. The barriers that were keeping them from living the way God wanted them to. The barriers that were in their world, internally or externally. God, God says through Micah, there is one who's going to break through those. And when they do, they will break out. And they're going to pass through the gate. What are those limitations in your life and mine? What are the gates that the enemy has put in place? What are the gates that we've allowed in our own life that we need the, the, the freedom maker, the barrier breaker to come and to break us out, to cause us to pass through the gates and leave the place of our captivity, leave the place of our worry, our fear, our sin, our places that we get stuck in? Who is this? Well, it's a king who will advance before him, but there had been a lot of kings. And Micah says, no, it's, it's the Lord himself. It's not just anybody. 
And Micah's prophesying about a time where Jesus would come. And this is one of the clearest scriptures that is prophetic about Jesus. It's more clear than anything else about the breakthrough power of Christ that's in here in my life. But do you ever ask yourself, if that's really the case, why do I struggle to have breakthrough in my life? I wish I could stand up here and say, as a pastor, I've learned how to break through in every area. Man, I got areas I'm stuck in. I got areas just like you that I'm working through. And the reason I love a new year starting with prayer and fasting, because it's not only a reset button to say the old year is gone behind us, but God, I want to come and I want to refocus my life and my thoughts on you to remember who you are. And even where I have felt maybe, God, I didn't know where you were at last year. God, I'm going to come back and I'm going to remember how good you are. I'm going to remember the work of Jesus Christ in my life. I'm going to stand on your promises. And God, I don't care what others around me say. I don't care what the enemy says. I'm going to believe you and your word because out of your love comes life for me. And how many would say, honestly, I could use some breakthrough in an area? Seven of you. Okay, I'm preaching to the wrong group of people today. 217, I couldn't see your hand. I'm sure there was more than here. You see, breakthrough, what's breakthrough? Let's look at a definition. A sudden and dramatic and important advance overcoming an obstacle or restriction. I guarantee that if you have cancer in the room, you have cancer and you're listening to my voice, and tomorrow there was a medical breakthrough that declared there was something that would heal you, you'd get out of your seat and you'd be excited because what meant death now is life for you. But how many times do we not recognize that what meant death for us is breakthrough because of Jesus and we've got to think differently and believe him at his word. We've got to live differently so we have life. Now does anybody need breakthrough in the rooms? Come on. That's what I'm talking about. You know how you know you need breakthrough? I'll tell you three little things. Just, just I've been processing all week and I'll tell you my list got long. Where are you stuck? Where are you stuck at? Maybe it's, again, something in your work world that you thought, man, I, I, that job opportunity has passed me by time and time again. I feel stuck in my workplace. Maybe there's a relationship you thought was going to go one way and it went another, and you're thinking, God, when is this going to change in my world? But maybe it's deeper in you. Maybe it's some area that you thought last year I was going to walk out freedom in my life in that area of hidden sin or bondage or, or something going on. The Lord took me back to this, and he said, every time you think this, every time, Walter, you just say, this is who I am, I can't change, you're denying the power of the living God in your life. And it's a sign that I'm stuck in something in my world. I got a couple areas I'm really stuck in. As I just began to pray, I, I'm, I'm just fortunate. I get a week ahead of preaching to you. I get a week ahead to let the Lord speak to me. I'm stuck in an area of my health right now. I thought I was going to do it different last year. Let me just tell you, it's as real for me. My health, the older I get, is a real issue for me. I'm stuck in some areas in, my, in my, the way I think right now. The Lord just began to show me. When you just say you can't get out of it, you're denying my grace and my power for you. You see, we're not here to be condemned today. God's coming to bring a word to us, to bring freedom and life to all of us. 217 online, all of us here at Rocky Butte. Where are you stuck? But maybe it's, it's this. Maybe where you're in pain. Yes, it might be physical pain, but I think a lot of times even deeper in emotional, relational pain. You know, I think as Americans, we are not really good with pain. We don't understand suffering and even how it can be used, how God uses it in our world. What do we do with pain? We want to medicate it. Right? How many love Advil in the room? <laughs> 
And I'm thankful for medication. And I just, I just want to bring an analogy because I think this is so true in our inner world, but it relates to our outer world. If I had a broken ankle, there would be pain with that. Anybody watch the Seahawk game yesterday where that cowboy guy snapped his ankle? I guarantee you, he knew he was in pain. Can you imagine if all he did was take Advil? Or just take some stronger medication to cause the pain to go down? What would happen? That ankle would never heal right. He would either never walk right or he'd be limited his whole life. But how many times do we look at pain and we just try to bear it? Let me tell you this. God created you to be able to respond to pain and understand that what we think is maybe a setback, God is setting us up to seek him to understand the cause of the pain so that we can begin to deal with it. And I don't mean to belittle anybody who's in pain emotionally or relationally because I think it's some of the deepest and hardest things to work through. But how much longer will you carry that pain? See, the challenge is, is that when we have pain, it's a sign that God is actually beginning to set us up for breakthrough. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, God whispers in our pleasurable times, but he shouts the loudest in our painful moments. Where are you at in pain? Maybe it's not being stuck or maybe it's in pain, but where are you overwhelmed? Let me just ask you that. Where does it feel like everything's against you or everyone's against you? Where does it feel like there's so many layers going on that you can't even process where you're at today? I'm really honest with you. This has been my struggle. <sighs> Last four weeks, I've dealt with fear unlike I've dealt with in a long time. I realize what happens is, is when we begin to try to carry weight ourselves, we're then responsible to make it happen. And there's too much that goes on in life that God never meant for us to carry. That's why he said, when your burdens are heavy, bring them to me and lay them down. And I struggle in this area at different times, that fear that just comes on. And what happens is fear begins to lead to worry, and worry leads to discouragement. And before you know it, discouragement becomes depression. And I know what it's like to battle depression. And I'm here to declare today for me and myself, I need breakthrough in the area of peace, not fear. And what breaks out fear... What casts out fear isn't even peace. It's love, the Bible says. And it's knowing the love of God, that God is in control of all this. And yet I'm believing for me. I've got to learn how to lay that down again. Say, God, it's not all about me. What area do you need to surrender to God today? What area would you say you need breakthrough? Where are you stuck? Where maybe do you have pain? Or maybe where are you overwhelmed? And you know, today I don't want to just bring a word to you. I want us to take a step of faith today. And I'm going to ask us to do something that's a little different. I'm going to ask my keyboard just to come out for a moment. Because I want you to, I want you not only to respond as an individual, but today we're going to respond to this call to breakout and believing God for breakout as a church family. I want every person to grab a connect card right in front of you. 217, I can't see you in the room, but I want you to grab a card right where you're at. And online, there's usually a little button for a connect card right there. And here's what I want to do. We're not done yet. We're going to, I want to share one more thought with you before we go back into a time of prayer and worship. But as we start these 21 days of prayer and fasting, if you're part of Manna House, 
and I'm one of your pastors in this church, I'm asking you to grab a card and I want you to write down whatever the Lord lays on your heart. Maybe like me, it was seven or eight things and it's just maybe the one or two top things that you feel you need breakthrough for. Because in a little bit, we're gonna, we're gonna actually all bring them to the front together. So we're gonna spend 21 days of praying over these things for you personally and we're gonna pray for them for our church. Manor House needs some breakthrough. And I wanna give you a moment just to reflect in all the rooms that can hear my voice right now. You can put your name on it if you want. Sometimes our staff prays through these and prayer teams pray through them, but you don't have to put your name on it. But I'm asking you to take a moment, grab that pen, and I'm asking you to write down as a step of faith which you're believing God is gonna break through for you. I know that he has in his mind something for you that you haven't yet seen. First Corinthians tells me, eye is not seen and ear is not heard, nor is it even entered into the heart of man, all that God has for us. But it goes on to say, but he reveals it by his Holy Spirit. And what is it? You, your family, our church, we're believing God for breakthrough for. As you write that down, I'm so grateful that the Bible doesn't hide all the, all the problems of people that are written down in Scripture. I think about people like Moses, who God used mightily, yet he was a flawed person. I think about Paul, who started life so crazily bad. But there's one thing I've noticed about people who, who seem to walk into breakthrough versus those who didn't, because not everybody in the Bible had breakthrough in their lives. But those who did, they, they, their life was marked by seeking God. And I think about what David did when he was made king, and, and, and for the first time in his life, he's no longer running from Saul or running from, from somebody trying to take his life. Yes, he killed Goliath. There was a victory moment there, but he spends the next decade of his life or so on the run. And now in 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Samuel chapter 5, he's just been made king over all of Israel and all of Judea. It's a moment of great joy and victory and a moment where all hell breaks loose, a lot like our lives. And it says the Philistines were told that David had been made king of Israel, so their army set out to capture him. Isn't that just like the enemy, that in a moment of victory, when a word has come to you, when a promise has been made, when you begin to see something moving forward, the enemy comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy the very thing that God is saying in your world. And he does it to David. Their armies set out to capture and notice it. David, there was a personal attack on, on him and the call of God on his life. When David heard of it, it says he went down to a fortified place. And the Philistines, they, they arrived at the Raphaim Valley and they occupied it. I can't imagine David standing on the wall of Jerusalem, looking over the walls, and that whole valley being filled with a massive army that I'm sure... He knew he couldn't defeat himself. How picturesque of our lives so many times. It says, David then, he went and, I love this, he asked the Lord, shall I attack the Philistines and will you give me the victory? I'm so thankful that God responded. And this is what he said. He said, yes, attack, the Lord answered. 
and I will give you victory. So David went to Baal-perazim, and there he defeated the Philistines. And he said, listen, the Lord is what? He's broken through my enemies. And he did it like a flood. Like a mighty rushing water, like a, like a torrential rain that came down and, and just like a flash flood that wiped everything out, the enemy was defeated. And they called that place Balperism because it means the Lord who breaks through. And I believe in 2019, the Lord wants some of us to call some of our areas Balperism. The Lord broke through for me. The Lord broke through for me in this area. The Lord is breaking through for me in this area. And I trust that even though I haven't seen it, God will break through for me in that area. And I'm here to ask you today, who needs a breakthrough in your life? Who needs God to come and put some balparisms in your world? Because there's a way that God comes to move into you and I today. There's nothing that makes you feel weaker than to see the enemy and his power and his strength. But will it drive us to our fortified place? You see, I think a fortified place, obviously the first place is Jesus. How easy it is to forget he's everything that we need. The love of the Father, not because of what you do for him, just because you're, you're created in his image. You carry the identity of God Almighty in you. It starts with Jesus being our fortified place. But you know what? It's also our church family. We fortify each other when we come together. You see, even today isn't just about singing some songs and listening to a gray-haired guy speak. It's about pointing us to Jesus to remind us he's everything. That's why we even start these 21 days. Today, we will start with prayer today. We're going to start tonight at 5 o'clock just for one hour. What happens when we come together? We're praying for each other. We're praying together. There's something dynamic that happens when God's people begin to lift their voice up together. We're gonna pray on every Wednesday night from seven to eight on every campus, five to six on every Sunday night on every campus. This morning, and this goes beyond the 21 days, we pray every Sunday morning before our services, an hour from 8.30 to nine. And this morning, there's probably close to 100 people praying for you this morning, praying for hearts to be open this morning, praying for the Spirit of God to come. In our second service on Rocky Beauty, we also have pre-service prayer from, well, an hour before service, 10.15 to 10.45. Can I ask you if this is your home to come and make a part of, part of our prayer time, your prayer time? What if every one of us came and we had life-giving, life-strengthening prayer together that brought us in a place that God began to move because there's a dynamic when God's people begin to pray. So David, he went into the fortified place, but he also, he asked God what he should do before he did it. I love that thought. How many times in 2018 did you get yourself in trouble? Now, fortunately, God's a God of mercy and grace, and those mercies are new every day. But how many times if we would have just stopped and said, God, should I go this way or that way? You see, the, the Philistines came back in just the next few verses, I, whether it was a, with that same year or another year later, and God gave them a different way to attack the enemy that time. Because not every time is the, the battle plan the same. You need and I need God's direction on how to defeat the enemy through his plan of breakthrough. 
And how many times have we determined what our plan is? You know what helps us hear the voice of God is fasting. I'll be honest. I wish fasting was like fasting vegetables and liver. I don't like either one. But fasting is not about just removing something from your life. Fasting is saying, I'm going to remove it in order to make more room for God. And I'm also going to remove some things that actually cause my hearing the voice of God to be diminished so that I can hear his voice clear. I'll just be honest in our culture right now. You don't think you have time for God. Let me just ask, what if you just traded your social media time and you fasted that and you put that time as just reading your Bible and praying? I guarantee that there's so much noise we hear from the world between music and TV and media. And I'm not saying it's all bad. I, I kind of like some of it too. But what if we put that aside for 21 days and we remove some of the distractions and the noise and we set some of that time aside for prayer together. But every single day, your first 15 minutes at least of every day is spent with Jesus. I guarantee it would change you and it would change us as a church family. And that's what fasting's all about. We've tried to make this easy. No, we have so many people that are maybe new to what prayer and fasting is. And, and we've put some things on our, on our website and on the app. So it's right there in the front called Breakthrough. In helping us all learn to live this life of surrender, it's just simply the way we want you to know the times in which we're going to pray. There's a little booklet on how to pray and fast and all the different questions you might have. What is fasting? Well, it can be anything, but a lot of us tend to choose to fast some or certain types of food. If you're like me, you love food. And there's something about making our flesh come under the authority and the surrender of God to say no to some things in order for God to work in every area of our life. But it can be, as I said, social media, TV. It might be something that God speaks to you that he wants you to just take aside and set aside for a season. But all those kind of questions we want to be able to answer for you. And then every day, starting tomorrow, we just have a devotional thing. It'll be up for 21 days. A scripture that we can all read along together, a devotional thought. And I'm going to again challenge you if this is your church home that we're all doing something in prayer. We're all fasting something, and we're all going on the same journey and reading and praying together. Can you imagine what 21 days of prayer and fasting would look like if we all just stepped in and did something? I believe God would answer us, and I believe God would respond to us. Because what David noticed is when he came to God and he, he sought him, is God gave him the direction, and that's when we just step into obedience. You see, my last thought is we just do whatever God tells you, just like David did. Here's the hard part. God will speak when we listen, but often what he asks us to do, it takes faith and obedience to step into it. Man, I wish it was different sometimes. But the reality is, don't you actually think you know better than God when we just say, no, I'm going to do it my way? Let me just remind you, he's the God that's already in your tomorrow. He's the God in your next year and the next decade for you. And he actually knows the best plan and purpose for your life. And he knows it for our church family. And it's simply saying, God, I'm going to learn to live a, a life of breakthrough and surrender to you. And so here's what we're going to do as a church family today. I'm going to ask all campuses to stand. Do something a little bit different. We're going to take a step of faith today. 
And at this moment, I'm going to just hand over the 217 service to Pastor Jason. Loves our 217 campus. God bless you. For those that are in the room here at Rocky Butte, I'm, I'm just going to have some buckets that are going to be put around the, the edges here, and I'm going to have a box put up here. And I'm going to ask every single person, because prayer and fasting for our church is not just an individual participation. It's for you, but it's also for us as a family. We're going to pray for each other. And I'm going to ask you as the guys, you can go ahead and put the buckets up and you can put the boxes up. We're going to go back into some worship. And I'm going to ask every single person, no matter how long it takes, to come in one of these buckets or boxes to bring your prayer requests because we're going to pray for them today. We're going to pray for them for the next 21 days to see what God would do and break through. How many would think that's a good idea? The band, I'm just going to let them begin to worship. And come on, just begin to step out of your seats. And if it takes us a longer time, that's okay. We're going to just go back into some worship and prayer as we finish up this service.